Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Martin O'Neill look back at the weekend's action, starting with the North London derby. How are Spurs shaping up under Postecoglou? Meanwhile, Chelsea suffered yet another defeat as their poor start to the season continued. Do they have to accept they're now a mid-table side? Plus, we were joined in studio by IBF flyweight champion Sonny Edwards and his latest ring rival, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, ahead of their matchup in December. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. So, Martin, of the three of us, one of us had a birthday yesterday. It was neither you or me. It was Simon Jordan. Good morning, Good birthday morning. boy. Indeed, thank you very much. You have a nice day? Very much so. Took my force of nature son who thought it was his birthday, <laughs> given by the nature of the fact he opened all my presents and ate them. Yes. Um, and went, took him down to see his, his, his nanny and uh, his uncle and aunt. So it was a very nice day, thank lovely, you. Lovely, Simon. Lovely, lovely. And that little voucher I gave you. Oh, yes, thank you very much. For that particular shop, Indeed. you'll be able to buy a sock. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if, you can, if I can rise to another sock. Um, uh, Martin, I, I'm not sure if you've come in um, empty handed or not did you remember Simon's birthday no probably not it's of absolutely nil importance to you after all is it uh, not really uh, <laughs> it's of no. nil importance to me as well no. mate don't worry about no. it where were you I'll tell you where you were you were down in Devon at a book fair doing what precisely oh that was that yeah that was Friday evening uh, yeah a uh, book fair in North Devon hmm. um, it was very nice uh, a lady called Jean Beaton um, who was very helpful in the um to me, um, way back when um, she was working for Pan Macmillan, the publishers of my own particular book. Right. And she was very helpful in the first couple of months, but she was running this uh, book fair uh, down in Devon, asked me some months ago would I go down, and yeah, why not? so it was it was fine, absolutely You were fine. in there leafing through books. All right. Yeah. Lovely, yeah. lovely. Well, here we go again. Uh, and it was quite a weekend. Did you uh, recover from the boxing? I mean... I did. It was quite a night. I must admit, Martin, um, this man is followed around by football fans wherever he and I go. But boxing boxing fans seem to love the cut of your jib. And they like with the, what you say, the, the, the way you say it, the way you don't hang back. I mean, they're a very opinionated chair of the boxing, uh, they are very the boxing invested, fraternity. They're invested, aren't they, in, um, in the sport? Yeah. I enjoyed the night, but the big question remains, Simon, will we we see George Joyce again? Um, I think we will. Whether we'll see him uh, operate within an opportunity to get to the highest level again in terms of the top table and for a world title, I don't know. I mean, Zhili Zhang is 40 years of age. Joe yeah. Joyce is 38. So the argument is that in two years' time, when he next gets his opportunity because of the nature of the way the belts are all scattered, um, it means he's 40. And then you then you put Zhili Zhang in the conversation and say, well, he's 40. But you just saw, uh, you know, levels from Joe Joyce. You know, this wasn't... This wasn't a, this wasn't the same fight. This was a better Zhili Zhang and a worse Joe Joyce. It would seem. It would seem that it was, way. It was far yeah. more compelling. And yeah. you can make the argument. Frank can make the argument. He moved to his left. Oh, fantastic! He moved to his left. But you know, the first opportunity Zhili Zhang got to show anything, he knocked oh, him he out. Nailed him. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who wants him? Uh, a variety of different boxers would like a tilt at Zhili Zhang, including Derek Chisora, who mm. uh, wasted no time in telling me that. You'll hear from him later on this morning. Uh, Martin, I was down at one of the best-run clubs in the Premier League yesterday, Brighton, as uh, Brighton came from behind to beat Bournemouth. Um, later on in the show, you're going to be hearing from Roberto De Zerbi. Uh, one year into the job, he and I did a little one-to-one a little cosy chat but my goodness this guy doesn't mess around he knows what he wants and he wants it now you're going to hear from Deserby later on uh, in the show um, honours even in the North London derby 
Spurs came from behind twice to draw 2-2 at Arsenal. Um, all sorts of questions coming out of this. How is Postacoglu's version of Spurs shaping up to, compared to those before him this century? Certainly, Postacoglu and Madison had a bit to say post-match, and we can hear from them. Really pleased with um, just the way the boys sort of uh, dealt with everything that was happening today. Obviously, you're facing a top side, a you know, difficult venue, and you need a lot of things to go your way sometimes, but we didn't really have that. and We still showed great character and real resilience to play our football, real bravery. Uh, worked hard, worked awfully hard, had to defend because you know, they're a good side and I thought we did that well. So, you know, really pleased, um, I said before the game, for me it was about the performance and I saw enough out there today against a top team that you know, encourages us to keep going. When you hear fans and, and, and neutrals talk about Tottenham, they often say, like, you know, soft, weak, don't like, we'll bottle it, all that Spursy, all that rubbish. And I think the last couple of weeks shows that we might be going in a slightly different direction because we scored in the 98th from the 101st minute against Sheffield United to win late on when it looked like it was going to be one of them days. And today we go behind twice at arguably one of the best teams in the world and, and we, we pull it back and, and we're still fighting right to the end. So, um, I think on reflection, the draw might be a fair result. But listen, let's let's be realistic. Like last year, I think we finished eighth, uh, and they they nearly won the Premier League. So, but that's that's I think that's credit to the manager because he he his message to us was to come here and just play play free, play how we play. If we lose playing like that, then it's on him, you know. When when the manager makes you feel like that, you in, even in these big games, you you almost become fearless. And and if it doesn't work out, then he'll take responsibility, which is a nice feeling. Where are they at, Martin, in your view? Now, you heard Madison say there, you know, when he hears from Spurs fans that in the past, they might, Spurs, they might have meant bit soft underbelly, bottlers. No longer that. Is that where they're at now? No longer the well, Spursy I, Spurs. Well, I, I think Tottenham have obviously got off to a terrific start. But I think um, rush to judgments, all that type of stuff, uh, early, early in proceedings, um, but I think that the side is really a reflection of the manager himself. And um, I watched a lot of him um, when he was at Celtic. I came in and um, no one really knew him. Got off to a poor start. Fought through all of that there. Signed some players that players did or, or certainly weren't known as well too. Everything clicked for him and he kept with it as well too. And the players enjoyed playing for him. That's the main thing. And I think that that's the message that Madison seems to be getting across. Whether he would have had the same view as Madison had, um, having been dispossessed and um, and Hazers blazes over the bar, would have made it two nil. Might have been a different issue. Yeah, but sure, I am sure. I am joking in that sense. He has got off, he's got off to a great start, and it it is not any real fantastic surprise to me so far. Yeah, I mean, will Postico should Postacoglu only be ultimately judged, Simon, as and when he ends Tottenham's trophy drought? Um. <clears throat> I suppose uh, an element of yes. I mean, there were two things that he needed to arrest. He needed to arrest the decline in the relationship between the supporters, the team, the ownership model, and give them something to feel a little bit better about. And then he needed to make the team play in a certain way. And then, of course, ultimately, the end game is that you have to win something. He himself has turned around and said that there isn't any ceilings to his opportunities. He doesn't believe in them. I mean, I'd said before this game that I felt that Spurs would get something out of this game. I didn't think they'd win, I thought they'd get a draw, and that's precisely what they did. In the same way that, you know, uh, Jesus picked Madison's pocket, he picked um, Jorginho's pocket, and up they went and scored against them. Look, Spurs are playing with a slightly more cavalier attitude, a slightly braver attitude, um, and that's refreshing for the fans. Right now they're in good nick. They've played the the argument's been you haven't played anybody, you've beaten everybody that you've that, that ultimately is beneath you. You're gonna play Arsenal, you're gonna play Liverpool. I didn't think Arsenal were particularly great yesterday, and I certainly don't think Arsenal were one of the best sides in the world. I think, you know, Piers Morgan was on this morning, and whilst I'm not gonna to go to Piers Morgan for font of football knowledge, he is right about the observation that they need Premier League top strikers to be able to win this league. And Ketia is a decent player. He's a decent mid-table Premier League side player. But if you're gonna try and win league, Leagues, you're going to need people that can score 20, 25 goals, and they what haven't got them. Mid-table Premier yeah, League. Player. I think he's a decent mid-table Premier League player. Arsenal are trying to win the Premier League. Look at the teams that are winning the Premier League. Look at Manchester City. They've got they've got a merchant up top that scores 35 goals a season. Look at Liverpool. Previously, they've had Salah that can score 30 goals a season. Not necessarily as a centre forward, but notwithstanding, it still contribute 30 goals as a forward. You're not going to see that from Arsenal's front 
three, whether it's Martinelli, whether it's Jesus, or whether it's um, uh, Nketiah. They're de- he's a decent player. I'm so not you, don't, you don't think we're going to see the challenge from Arsenal like we saw last season? Maybe. Where they led for so long, then get pegged Maybe, back. Maybe, but Manchester City have done something very different than they did last season. They've started winning games from the outset, and all of a sudden they've laid their, their marker straight down. De Bruyne goes out the side, don't miss a beat. Don't miss a beat. That's true, Martin, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They don't miss him. They don't miss him. <clears throat> but but Arsenal miss Declan. I mean, Simon's got a point there. Arsenal in the first half, intensity control. Declan comes off at half time for whatever reason. Could be a back problem. Who knows? But we'll find out in the fullness of time. Did we witness a £105 million void when Declan no longer took part in the game? Well, I, I, judging on the second half performance, you would have to go and say yes, absolutely. I mean, whatever. Jorginho has has Jorginho has been a really fine player. There's no question about that there. But uh, but I think he's seen better days. And Declan Rice gives more energy. He gives more. Uh, it, it just he, he gives them a, a better balance in there. He can win the ball. He can actually distribute it. And he is a really, really decent player. So, again, you know, someone comes off. But if Arsenal are going to have intentions of a similar season to last year and try and edge it over Manchester City, then someone leaving at half-time should not really be bothering them. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point. And this is where I agree with Simon. I don't think that they have the wherewithal. Saka, Saka becomes so, so important to them. He's got to stay fit, yeah. really stay fit. And I yeah. think he's played about 80-odd games in the trot for them, you know. So... Uh, that, that he is their main attacking player. So, Simon, when it comes to these two clubs, mind the gap, is it as wide as we thought it was? Um, look, I mean, it was last year and it's a new season and we're six games in and Tottenham have got some feel-good factor about them. They've got some energy behind them. I always worry about, you know, this hit the height so quickly of euphoria I want Tottenham fans to be happy like any football fan because that's the nature of the beast football thrives on emotion ideally a positive emotion a lot of the time it can be negative as well but the bottom line is is Tottenham are in good nick we will see they've got Liverpool next week that's a tough game yeah um, and Liverpool, we'll know Liverpool are, yeah. are, 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 yeah. are you know, in decent form. But, I mean, Tottenham, for me, have got the right manager in the right time for them with the right outlook. Uh, I think he's in, you know, I think he sits in situ with the owner with the same sort of mindset. We'll see. You can, I can only judge people. I don't know if Martin agrees. You judge people in adversity. Mm. You don't judge them when things are going well. Right now, things have gone well. Let's see when someone doesn't get something mm. they want or some wheels come off, and we'll see what happens then. Yeah, and the, and, yeah I might be totally wrong. Moment. I might be totally wrong about this here, but I feel as if Tottenham Hotspur might suffer the same a problem as Arsenal in terms of having an out-and-out goal scorer in the side, somebody who's going to score twenty-five goals. I don't see it in their makeup in the team, and that could cost them. Well, you know, whatever you say, Harry Kane's a major loss. Yeah. Richarlison came on as a substitute and made a big impact in the game against Sheffield United, but he was back in the bench again. But this is the this is what I think. They've got some really fine footballers. Mm. No question about that there. But someone to stick the ball in the net constantly. I'm, That's I, a good at point. Moment, I'm not sure. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Uh, Martin, when um, producer Luke and I went to a briefing... I think that's what it was called, uh, Luke, at Cobham, Chelsea's training ground, at uh, the start of the season with uh, Messrs. Bully and Igbali. The message that came over to us that day, Martin, was, uh, hey, guys, we're not here to screw around. Well, they're making a bit of a mess of it, are they not, at the top of the football club? And the players aren't doing much better at the moment. Sure, plenty of chances against Villa, but they can't score. They didn't score. They lost the game. In the Todd Bully era, are Chelsea now just a mid-table club? I mean, certainly, on the evidence of what we've seen thus far, Pochettino's right. They've got to learn, and they've got to learn quickly. We need to grow up like a team, not only in an individual way. I've seen players like Nico that is so young and is, is, is feeling the Premier League and is, uh, is learning. I think need time in this type of game. Of course, that we are competing and we want to win, and football is a want to win. But... Also, players, when they are young, need, need to learn uh, with experience and made, made a mistake. That is why it's, we feel disappointed because I think we are paying too many you know, situations like this. Another small detail, another small detail, and in the end we are losing the game. And then we are in a situation you know, that we need to change uh, as soon as possible. Mark, when you look at it, six games, three defeats, two draws, one win. Chelsea... In 2023, six wins in all competitions. 
and they haven't beaten a top half team since April 2022. I mean, I, th- I think we've got to be fairly scathing in our analysis of this. Does there need now to be an adjustment of expectation at Stamford Bridge? Well, it doesn't. It, that's not great reading, I must admit. And uh, I'm actually a bit surprised at how poorly they've been doing. Um, they have been creating a lot of chances. They haven't scored goals. Um, I still haven't. Uh, I haven't given up on the centre forward, Jackson. I think that he is. He's got a bit of a, a bit of pace, and he wants to take players on. He's totally one-footed at this minute, and perhaps maybe if he'd used his left foot, he might have got a goal. And and Chelsea are not scoring at moments which are are, are of vital importance to them at this yeah. stage. They're not mo- they're scoring in moments. They're not scoring at this moment. No. Is Jackson one for the here and now? Well, well, uh, listen, he's he can he will improve. There's no question about that. There, he's got but, to. But w- w- it depends what Chelsea's ambition was this season. And I would have thought, if you're talking about Todd Bowley, that if you're spending a ferocious amount of money. But I know that you've got money in as well too from some players that have departed. But overall, the, the, this is not the position that they would have expected to find themselves in at this stage of the season. I mean, it, it's almost an embarrassment, Simon. You you said they'd be challenging for the title. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I said that they'd be competitive in the league and I expected them to be inside the top four. Yeah. I think um, the word challengers was challenging. Um, no, I, 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 exactly I never, never expected them to be winning the league next year. I, I said that they would be challenging up there in the top four. They're miles off it. They're miles off it. Mm. And I was going to say to Martin, when you look at it and you watch it, because I can't make head nor tail of it. I can't make head nor tail of what some of these players are and what they're not. What Chelsea are is not a particularly great watch. None of the players are shining at full stop. I mean, OK, Sterling was good against Luton, but with respect, he needs Sterling to be good against bigger and slightly bolder opposition than Luton. I look at that whole side. I look at the noise that happened out of Thiago's mouth about when he doesn't want to play and who he doesn't want to play against. And then I see him looking like his legs have gone in that game on um, on the weekend mm. but my question with Martin was when you look at this array of talent they've got lots of injuries mm. and the boy in Konku the centre forward that they bought mm. is injured and that mm. was probably the one that was going to fill the gap yeah. for them can you make head nor tail of what, why Pochettino seems to be struggling so much with any form of identity in this side because it doesn't seem to know what it is at all it's a really good point really good point because I, I, I like you I can't really see what what they are trying to achieve Listen, you, you can have you can have some some beautiful moments in games you've got to finish them off they have been creating chances one way or the other I mean but against Aston Villa uh, you're, you're talking about Aston Villa playing a high line and in Chelsea must have been in about three or four times in the game these are moments then saying that you've got to score Absolutely. you've got you've got to put that ball in the net and the longer that you don't go then you don't feel as if you're going to get a goal and then suddenly a game disappears from you you've lost a match you lose a game against Nottingham Forest at home mm. then you go to Bournemouth you create a number of chances but in fairness Bournemouth had a number of chances there as well so the other end you don't you, you pick up a point then and then you get beaten at home again and suddenly from from a season that that started off as as Chelsea would have expected, with a lot of promise, a lot yeah, of young players Liverpool, coming yeah. in, absolutely right. Suddenly, it just seems to be faltering. Like you and I won't. Uh, I thought I certainly thought top four here. They'll get mm-hmm. the side together. I thought Pochettino would be able to handle all of that there. Get the players together. Get young players, of which I think that young players enjoy working for him. And I thought that, that I thought it would be. I, I, I well. I wasn't expecting the struggle that they're having at this minute. And I must admit, I I agree with you. I don't see a real pattern about their game, even though they've actually created some 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 half-decent chances. I mean, who, who's, who's... Where can we point the, the finger of well, blame, Simon? Observation, I mean, look, you, you look at it, it's almost inexcusable. The headlines in the Times this morning, £1 billion spend delivers worse start for 45 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that, I mean look... A billion quid I mean, that, squandered. I mean, with due respect, that's Todd Bowley's money and he can spend what he wants and yeah. if he's not worried about it right now, then he's I'm not... He's still squandered money. Uh, yeah, but it's his money to squander. Yeah. He, should be wor- he should be worried, though. No, but it's his money to squander and, and we don't need to be worried for him. He can worry for himself. Mm. But what we need to look at is the reality of the spend in the summer because we've got... <laughs> there's two spends. There's a spend that maybe attributed to him and Graham Potter and circumstances of a new owner getting carried away themselves trying to buy players or buying players from Shakhtar to Donetsk for £90 million pounds at this moment in time albeit they played better yesterday didn't look like a trap tra- a bag of cement in Woodrick but you look at the £400 million pounds that have spent this summer that has to be in conjunction mm. with um, Pochettino and yet we see nothing mm. 
in terms of an improvement. Yes, they, they you know they are creating a lot of chances, and I think their profligacy at this moment in time belies the underlying problems that they've got because there's still more problems than just profligacy. They're not a very good mm. side to mm. watch. They're not a very good side for stop. Yeah. But I'm surprised. I think you have to look at the, the sum of all its parts. I mean, you cannot say that Pochettino hasn't been given an inordinate amount of resource to support him. £400 million during this summer would be most managers' absolute dream. Dream, yeah. Dream yeah. at that level because we're not talking about... You know, Nottingham Forest spending 150 million pounds a summer ago, and people suggesting a lot of it was spent very poorly. We're talking about a manager that's managed at Tottenham, mm. managed at PSG, has got lots of credentials in people's minds. Coming back into Chelsea, sought after by Chelsea, probably yeah. came in on the conditions that were very specific to him and the way that he wanted to, because Chelsea were desperate to fill that particular conundrum, which is the inability to put a decent manager in a dugout. Yeah, and yet we're still in the same place. So I have to say, at this moment in time, and Martin might not like this, I am looking more towards the dugout than I am towards the boardroom. Mm. Not because that's my natural look, because ultimately Bowley has to look at the billion pounds and say, what did I achieve? What did Mashiri mm. achieve? Well, like, you look at that go? team. Who are Chelsea at the moment? We'll head to a break, Mark. We'll carry it on the other side of the bulletin. Sanchez, Gusto, who get red carded. De, De Sassi, Thiago Silva, Colville, Sterling, Caicedo, Fernandes, Gallagher, Mudrick and Jackson. This is Chelsea at the moment. Are Chelsea now just a mid-table club? And no more than that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Martin, what's, what's the heaviest defeat? in management that you've ever encountered I'm trying to think about score lines you think oh god how are we ever going to go over this one and of course in a moment we'll talk about Sheffield United nil Newcastle 8 but was there one you thought it's going to take me a while to go over this I, it didn't take me a great deal of time to get over it but I took a very very good Aston Villa side uh, to Stamford Bridge and got beaten 7 we got beaten 7 and, was, and we had a really good team and uh, everything that they hit that day went into the net. And at f- at 4-0, I remember John Robertson, my assistant, um, great lad John, said, uh, Martin, should we just rein in a little bit now? You just maybe maybe let it go. And I've gone, no, no, I think we can get this back. I, I gen- <laughs> and you genuinely did. Oh, I thought we'd get it back. And then went 5, 6 and 7 then after that, you know. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, uh, it, was, um, it was a really tough one to take. But we had a good side and um, and I just felt it was a really bad day at the office. That was how I felt about it. Not necessarily what the fans might think, yeah. but it was it was my view at the time. But we did we had a very very good Aston Villa side. Go to Stamford Bridge and get hammered. I can't imagine what Sheffield United fans are thinking this morning, Simon. There's not a lot to be um, happy about, optimistic about. I would have thought. Well, we'll maybe take some calls shortly. But a scoreline like that. I was in a train coming back up from Brighton and the chat was, 
It's gone to six. Now it's seven. It's gone to eight. And people are talking about it thinking, how far will this go? I mean, should we expect it? Like a team like Sheffield United comes up and finds life difficult, to say the least of it, in the top flight. I mean, all three who came up um, remain winless at this stage. Mm. So... All of them are making heavy weather of it. They're finding it tough company well, to keep. Well, in fairness to Sheffield United and um, Luton, their management haven't really been given a lot of a chance, have they? I mean, they haven't been given a lot of money. And and they've had, certainly in Sheffield United's case, they've sold their players to their rivals. So you've got to look at it and say, well, let's get that priced into the conversation first of all. Let's characterise the conversation properly. If we're going to be condemnatory of people, then we need to be fairly condemnatory. Then we look at the performance of Sheffield United in recent weeks, where they've been very resolute, very robust, and very honest against Manchester City, against Spurs. This is a completely out of kilter performance. I think they had a lot more players injured and um, out of the side alongside the squad that isn't particularly great anyway. It doesn't play into into the sentiment that that, that they should get beat 8-0 and that some of the performances on the pitch and you might see why Tom Davis has landed at Sheffield United and his career's gone the way it's gone by some of the endeavour that he put out yesterday and I, don't, I know it's unfair to single out one of them but it was a very glaring singling out and, and I think the most important thing is to see the reaction in the way that you saw the reaction from Southampton all those years ago when they, beat, they got beat 9-0 at home by Leicester who did they beat three months later? Leicester Redemption's there Paul Heckenbottom is a decent, honest football manager that's got them out of the championship against adversity. They were in an embargo last year. They've come into this division. They don't have the tools to compete. And so with that in mind, what do you expect? You don't expect 8-0, and you don't expect a capitulation like that, and it's not in keeping with Sheffield United. So you now expect Sheffield United to regroup, to become galvanised, and you expect the next outcome to be slightly better. And um, not slightly better, significantly better, A lot obviously. better. A lot better. I mean, uh, let's hear from Heckenbottom, Martin. This is, how, this is how he reacted to it yesterday. And he fronted up, to be fair. Is this result going to define us in? No, it's three points we've lost, you know what I mean? But I think what you have seen there is something that, while, while I've been here, we've never seen before. And that's what we have to address. Listen, it happened... You also pre you prepare for everything in this league. We prepare also for our best performance not being good enough as well, and, and that's a kick in the teeth. But this is a reminder, if we drop below our levels, that can happen. We're playing against good sides, good players. And we need to make sure that we learn from it. It's not an easy league. Football's not easy, whatever level you're at, to win, whether it's a game, whether it's a, a league, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a cup, to win, you have to compete. And that's what we have to take from that. I mean, the three who came up, Martin... Um, Burnley, of course, and uh, and Luton, alongside Sheffield United, as I said, remain winless. I mean, you went out with Leicester, right? Mm. So, what what is the hope when you arrive in the big time? Can we compete with anyone in here? Can we compete with? Uh, does self doubt come in? Well, first and foremost, when you when you arrive in the big league, you want to stay in it. That's number one. That's 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 the main aim of sides who are who are. Uh, uh, are getting promotion, so that would, and and Luton then Luton came up through the playoffs, so they've got less time uh, to prepare, get themselves right. I totally agree with Simon. The fact that they didn't they didn't have any money to real to to spend Sheffield United as well, and I think that those I think those managers who did a terrific job in getting those particular sides up should should get time. You know, you've just you, the Sheffield United manager come in, and you're right. He's very honest. That's that's the most difficult thing in the world to try and explain away a, a, a night of character performance. You've been hammered in a match. You're doing an interview about 15 minutes later. You've just come out of the dressing room. You know, there's a there's a bit of dissimulation, I suppose, along the way because you've said something to the players in the dressing room, and you don't really want to be having a go at them there. But it was it was it was. A, a night of character performance by them. Now, are they going to? Uh, is it going to be a struggle for them? Uh, uh, it it will be, but I think we all thought that anyway. But can they still make it? I th I, I would be I, again not rushing to judgment. Your problem is this, Jim, is that when the longer you go on without winning a game, the harder it becomes. And then games that you're expecting, you know, the, the, the what we always term the six pointers, they become really really big. You know, and that's the, that, that's the problem. Getting beaten there by Newcastle United, if they'd been beaten three, I think that no one would bat at an eyelid. But 
having seen them the previous week so being so durable against against Tottenham at Stamford Bridge, it was a performance that I wouldn't have expected. But even so, don't make a judgment in one particular game. Give them the opportunity. And I don't think and including Vincent Compton, who has got a fantastic playing record and did really brilliantly in his first season, don't be making these 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 judgments now on these particular games. Give it a little bit of time. Yeah. But we're we're heading into October. I think you get a win under your belt. Did you not quite quickly? We when did. You were not, when well, that you that, went up with Leicester. Absolutely, that, that helps. That, that eases the pressure. Absolutely, they that, haven't yet. None of, of them. Co- of course, and that that helped a great deal. We drew our opening game against Sunderland. We beat we beat Southampton. Emil Heskey scored a couple of goals and we, suddenly we had four points to the board which gives you a little bit of respite because the next uh, handful of matches we found really difficult but then we got we got a bit of mojo about ourselves we got a bit of we got a bit of self-belief and then drove on and eventually we, we I think we finished we finished ninth in the season ninth in, in, in the league and we actually won the League Cup on top of that there so what I'm saying is that I'm not saying that these sides they're, 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 their only interest is trying to stay up yeah yeah, they've got different challenges. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've got Burnley have spent money, and and Vincent mm. Company is determined, rightly or wrongly, that they that they will play the same way and play the expansive football they played in the Championship, and he's not going to compromise. And he's very relaxed, and he's talking about the lessons that are learnt and the players are developing and improving. And I hope he's right because I like his disposition, like his demeanour, like his outlook. He's a nailed on winner as a as a as a player. Did okay in in. In, in Belgium's come back here got a, a very dispirited Burnley side to come play football that they hadn't played for a time and went out of the championship with a plong if he doesn't change they're going to get relegated in my view because I think he's going to have to change very rarely there's exceptions that disprove rules like Swansea going up and playing the same brand of football and more often than not you do have to adjust your style the, the other two the other two haven't spent any money when we went up in 2004 we had a 35 goal merchant in Andy Johnson who, was, and, who gave us a chance and we kept him and he scored 23 goals in that season. We still got relegated, but he gave us a chance because he scored goals. Neither one of these sides... I like the boy Calvin Morris. I think he's a decent mm. player. Mm. But I don't see where they're going to get their goals from. They'll huff mm. and they'll puff. Yeah. And Sheffield United mm. will give you loads of energy and loads of backbone. And that's an exception. That's a horror story. That'll concentrate their minds about the reality of what they've got to do next. But I, I look at those three sides and say, for different reasons, the two sides, Luton and Sheffield... I've got an owner that doesn't want to put any money near the club. He sold Sanderberg to Burnley, which is almost preposterous, mm. you know, because these are one of the sides that you're going to be competing with to stay in the division that came, mm. you came up with. You've taken away one of the manager's legs. You haven't given him anything back. You had an embargo last year, so clearly there's no, I, no aspiration for you to put any money in the team, which I can understand to one extent, having been a former owner, but you get to the Holy Grail. Have a go, for God's sakes. Yeah. Mm. And then you've yeah, got but this the... was a guy who said to me at the end of the season, Simon, up in Covent Garden, I'm pretty exhausted. I mean, I'm pretty much out of well, here. I, and then know, doesn't sell. I tell, you, I tell you what, one, I tell you, <laughs> getting promoted to the Premier League is an exhaustion. That's like a shot of B12. Come on yeah. now. It's, this is it. This yeah. is the juice that you're there for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you've got Luton. That's a very different animal. That, that I'm, not, I'm not being patronising or condescending. They're a wonderful football club and their story is remarkable. But they've not spent any money. They've built a new stand. They won't mind getting relegated and coming back up again or giving themselves an opportunity next year. So these three football clubs that have come up will be, in my view, very, very susceptible to all three getting relegated for different reasons. Unless Vincent Company, who I think has the propensity to change and pivot and look at things slightly differently, if he doesn't, I think Burnley will struggle and you'll see the three sides that went up go back down again. Would you change your managerial outlook briefly, Martin, if you were Vincent Company at this stage in the season? Oh, your principles? I guess, well, I, I think the longer you go on without uh, winning a game, I think you have to look at it. You have to look at that that particular picture and say, listen, if we continue to play in the manner in which we do, and, and, that's, and it's very commendable, but you're not getting results, then I think you have to. I, I, I think any anybody with any sort of intelligence would yeah. look at a, a, yeah. a picture and say, listen, what, what, is, what is the main aim here? The main aim for Burnley is to stay in the division. Martin, it's hard to see any other outcome than the few who come up go down but I would love one two or three to prove me wrong but it's very difficult to see it otherwise well we're looking at a position now we're looking at a league where each one of them have got a point in the board after what six games so so you wouldn't need to be a, you wouldn't need to be a soothsayer to say that they're in trouble so what I what I think is that the minute the minute you can get the three points in the board you go and win a game and Sheffield United were unbelievably close at Tottenham. We're talking about Tottenham Hotspur yes, there last week to, to getting three points in the board, and they end up with none. And that's been a, and, and that's a, you know similar story. I think they against um, against um, 
Man City. At Man City. Well yeah. done. Absolutely right. So, but getting the big win, getting that win, getting those three points, regardless of how you get them, suddenly gives you an enormous lift and you feel as if, yeah, I've, I've broken the back of this. Sorry, that might be a bit too strong, but at least it gives you a, it gives you a chance. And when some of those other sides have only got four or five points, you're not that far off them. Yeah. So it is. It's, we all knew it was going to be difficult for Sheffield United. Of course. The question is, is, do you stick with the management structure that you've got? Do you believe that the guys that you've got there are worthy of giving more time to? Do you Or do you twist? Because ultimately the changes that were made when Roy came in, when they brought in uh, De Boer, I got, the, I got the wrong one in Qatar, accused yes. him of doing a bad job at Palace and it was yeah. his brother. That's right. Um, <laughs> was I spoke to Ronald. Um, but uh, they went seven Frank. games. They went yeah. seven games. Didn't win a point. They, I think Palace had a point after seven games. Where did they finish? You know, you had Newcastle last year, albeit that they spent a lot of money in the Jan- in the January transfer window, but Eddie... How came into a side that was tipped to be relegated. They had eight points, I think, mm. after 12 or 13 games. There's a long way to go, but you've got to give these guys a little bit of help. And I'm the first one to jump on the back of a manager. I'm the first one to do it. So if you're Abdullah, you keep Paul Heckenbottom this morning. Well, you can't, you can't ask somebody, you can't cut somebody off at the knees and ask them to run 100 metres in 10 seconds and then blame them for not doing it. Mm. You've got to give someone a chance. Yes. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. The studio has got a lot busier. Uh, we were talking about boxing earlier on. George Joyce, who fell at the hands of Zhili Zhang on Saturday night at Wembley Arena. Let's stay with the boxing theme, Simon, because we have two guys are going to go head-to-head uh, in December over in uh, Arizona over in the US and I'm delighted to welcome him back here to the TalkSport studios very popular fellow IBF flyweight champion Sonny Edwards is with us Sonny how, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, good thank you Jim thanks for having me down <laughs> I've just got off a flight I'll be real I've just got off a flight managed to jump in a shower and come straight down here but brilliant yeah, good. good to speak to you and the man you're going to be taking on the WBO flyweight champion is sitting right to your right and you were chatting away and you were having a laugh together it always amazes me how you boxers can do that Jesse Bam Rodriguez hi to you hello thanks for having me appreciate it Uh, I'm good like Sonny said I just landed right now too but he had time to shower I didn't I came straight from the airport Oh man, yeah. good That's to see you. Yeah, <laughs> so listen, Jesse, you're a long way from home, um, San Antonio, of course, Texas. Um, this is a fight you eagerly await. You're looking forward to it, and your record is clearly a good one. Um, you're 18 and 0, and 11 of those are KOs. I mean, how would you assess your career so far? My career has been great. Um, you know, ever since I signed with Matchroom, partnered up with Eddie Hearn, my my career has been nothing but. You know what I expected, and come December 16th, this is my biggest fight, so I can't wait for it. Are you going to make it 12 knockouts? Yes. It'll be the first man. it be the first <laughs> man to do it. It'll be the first well, man well, to that, do it. I know, I know that. Nobody's put you away yet, and I know that. Simon, you. How much was pros or sparring, Jim? Sorry, mate. No one's ever made me not see the final bone. Amateurs, pros, sparring, anything. So he would be genuinely the first man to get me out of the ring first. Genuinely. Okay. On this earth. Okay. All right. You're looking forward to this one, Simon. Yeah, well, Sonny's a star, isn't he? Um, he can speak. He's confident. He's backed it up with performances. So I think this would be a great fight. I mean, this kid, and I, apart from the fact that it looks like he's going fishing with that hat, <laughs> this, this kid is, a, is also a star. Yes. You know, a super flyweight champion, you know, a bona fide champion in this weight class. This is great stuff. This is what we want to see. We want to see top fighters in exciting weight classes, and the flyweights do not get profile they should get and you look at the, some of the fighters that have come through the flyweight division and we're talking about superstars of the boxing world so it's nice to see the focus being on a weight class like this because it's a really interesting one and these two guys are going to put on a really 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 interesting fight so yeah I'm looking forward to it yeah I mean you're, you're, you're both someone's always got to go as they say in this sport you, you've had an incredible time of it Sonny and I've followed your career I've been with you here and abroad um, you're not short in confidence you're always more than happy to talk yourself up because you believe in what you do. And I love what I do, Jim, to be honest. Um, Bam, probably one of the best fighters in the world at the lower weights, so why wouldn't I want to fight him? I, I, I get bored with the easy fights. I get, you know, I'm, I don't even get up for training. I'll be real, I don't even get up for camps. My diet will be terrible. Like, you know, as soon as I knew I had Bam, 15, 16 weeks out, I'm all switched on. It's easy. I'd rather train like this. I'd rather, after Bam, regardless of what happens, I know I'm going to win, but regardless of what happens, Big fights only. I like. I don't get nothing out. I don't need no confidence building or no momentum building or coming back. Like, 
just big fights and keep it moving. I'll be real. So, you know, I've had a couple. But as like Bam said, for me, the same likewise. I think it's the biggest fight for both of us. Probably the biggest fight in the division right now. And not only that, I do think it's generally going to set off a fire that's going to ignite around the lighter weights. Because after me and Bam, sort of, you know, whatever happens on that night happens. It's going to be a big event, a lot of promotion, a lot of eyes on it. And then everyone that we fight after will benefit off that. Everyone that sort of jumps in the storyline or even before us will benefit off what we're doing. Because what we're doing really isn't normal for flyweight, so I'll be real. What we're doing, headlining the show, big build-up, flying to America to press it, coming here, doing it like It's abnormal for flyweights, trust me. Trust me. That's a great point. Simon alluded to it, Bam. I mean, the, you, your division is one that doesn't get the focus of attention it should get. You agree? Yeah, of course, but... um. You know, a lot of credit to Chocolatito. He's the one that really brought attention back to it. I feel like, you know, ever since then, it's just a lot of eyes have came to the lower weight divisions. And this fight, December 16, me and Sonny, is only going to make it, uh, it's only going to add on to that. It's going to bring more attention to the lower weight classes. And we're going to set the tone for what it should be, what boxing should be. You seem a, a very quiet, self-assured individual. This fella is never <laughs> afraid to, to talk about what he can and can't do. But do you go in this with a quiet confidence? You over having studied uh, Sonny and Sonny's style, you you already decided where you can get at him. Of course, this fight is no different. You know, I'm just always been calm, cool, collected, been real quiet. I've always been this way. So Sonny, you know, this is no different. I'm gonna go in the same way, and I know I'll come out with the victory. You see, that's what I love about you. You mean what you say, and you say what you mean. You're never afraid to put it out there. And you know what. A lot of tongue-in-cheek, but I feel like all good jokes contain the truth, do you know what I mean? So I'm never fully joking, but I'm always joking, do you know what I mean? Um, but like I said, like Bam said, this is going to be a great fight, a great night, and I genuinely think it's two of the best fighters in the world mixing up. I feel like, I said it at the press conference over in America, I feel like me and Bam, this probably won't be the first time and the last time. Like I reckon we'll still be in the sport five years, ten years, and we'll probably still be knocking about at whatever weights we start falling into as the best and I feel like the storyline can start now and I mean I'll go one up and then we can see where it goes in the future but uh, like I said and, and I appreciate that there is fighters like Bam because mm. before this I've had 20 and 0 I've only fought people that had nothing to lose everyone I fought had nothing to lose really even when I won this world title against Mavriti 13 years unbeaten he had no opportunities he was just going wherever and ever someone would fight him no other champion wanted to unify against him. No one wanted to fight him. He weren't making ridiculous money at all. So everyone I've had, there's nothing to lose. This is the first time that I'm getting in the ring with someone, you know, like, we're on par. You know, in America, he's bigger. On UK, he's massive in the UK as well, to be fair to him. But I maybe didn't think as... I didn't know how well-known I was until I went to America. And I feel like, you know, I was walking around Disney getting recognised straight away. I'd been there for, like, hours, you know. So, like, <laughs> it was a bit of a shock to me, you know, people coming and speaking to yeah, me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, boxing's quite global. And once you hear the storylines, you can be from any corner. And, you know, we've been linked with Fighters of America, Bam, now, maybe for the last 8, 12 months, Martinez mm. before that. Um, and, yeah, I think this will now spiral on to all, all the massive fights happening because I think me and Bam have sort of set the tone at the lighter weights, and I think a few more need to happen now. You like each other, though, clearly. There's mutual respect here. I mean, I've been with you. I can't remember where we were in Dubai. You ended up trying to set about somebody's... <laughs> some other member of the other fighter's camp when yeah. things got a bit lardy. But there's a, there's a lot of uh, mutual respect here. Do you know what it is with me, Jim, yeah? I think a lot of people build up a monster of who I am in my head. I think if you look at my Twitter, like that's my sense of humour usually coming out and like just a little bit of ag coming out. Catharsis, yeah. But me as a person, I deal with what I deal with in front of me. So... You know, Bam's been very respectful. I'll be very respectful back. It's not like I'm not an animal. I'm not like uncivilized. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I'm, I, I can be cool with people. I don't even want to be because I can communicate well and I can adjust around a situation and a communication. But if it's time to turn it on and start shouting and being all loud and sometimes it's entertaining. Sometimes yeah. what people want. But, yeah. you know, like... How stupid would it look if I just started shouting at this man? He was just looking at me like, shut up. You know what I mean? It would just, it would, it would aesthetically just look stupid. You know what I mean? So. You've got Martin O'Neill sitting full attention over there, Sonny, as always. You always capture an audience. And I love the way you do it. What do you think about this guy? His confidence, how articulate he is. The confidence you got to admire. You know, a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't show it. I expected him to come to the the press conference in America, you know, yapping his mouth like he always does. But, you know, he came in very respectful. So you got to respect that he's a cool guy. What was that like? How did that, uh, how did that go down over there? The, the press conference over there, there were a lot of eyes on the two of you. 
as yeah. you see the division's getting recognition and this fight is getting recognized back. Yeah. this is what it's about the best versus the best champion versus champion both undefeated both young this is the boxing at its best i mean you, you, you've got home advantage going into it will you use that of course um i have a lot of friends and family already buying tickets so like i said earlier this is like another hometown fight for me i feel like i'm be fighting back home in san antonio but i'm we'll be fighting in arizona but i i feel like i have the advantage so it's gonna be a great night any, dif any difference for you jesse coming down a weight class in terms of you know there's three pound difference isn't there between super fly and fly has it made any difference to you because obviously you've got a decent record at your weight class for putting people away. Yeah. Have you noticed any difference in coming down to weights? Yeah, physically I did feel a lot different. You know, I was fighting at 115 for like three fights mm -hmm. and then my last fight moved down to 112 and just physically I felt a lot stronger. My physique was a lot sharper. Right. So, I mean, I, I do feel stronger at 112 than I did at 115. Do you feel we're still to see the best of you, Sonny? I mean, what you've done so far has been pretty darn spectacular. It's very impressive, but this fella's a step up. I think with me, like, and it's shown in my performances, the better the opponent, the better I am. Like, Jeremy, I know it's kind of cliche, but because of what I do is kind of dancing with the opponent and I let them put the input in and I go around them, if they're really good, what I do becomes really, really good to beat them. If they're kind of, you know, like, then I haven't got to do too much. And if anything, like, it's the simple stuff that will win, so it becomes a bit more boring, it becomes a bit more stagnant. But um, I think... Uh, Bam is, is a great fight and I think he'll bring the best out of me and there's a lot of respect there because I see the similarities in our backgrounds like mm. even if you just look at Archetype we both started boxing young we both frequented pro gyms from young probably sparring longer rounds than most people our age from young and early sparring men from early both had older brothers around the same uh, you know gap between us you know, three, four years that we watched probably sparred what well, I know I did sparred when you're catching up when you're younger three, four years but then the performance is getting closer. You just get more confidence and you're operating. You know, it drags you up a bit. You know, like, say football, if you're running alongside the, the full team at 15, 16, it drags you up. And I think being little brothers like we are and also probably being better now than our both our older brother counterparts, and it probably happened at some point in the build-up with the experience and learning and, you know, they get the first run at and then you learn. You, you run behind them, you know what I mean? It's easy to run behind someone. So, yeah, yeah. You know, there's... There's a lot of what, like, even without fully knowing Bam's story, like, I can just pick up and it makes it, like, I, I know it's going to be proper because I can put myself in his shoes. And if, for me, I <laughs> hope it don't offend him, but he's, like, the American version of me, if, 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 if you ask me. I'm not, I'm not the British version of him. We'll both take any fights. <laughs> we're both jumping down weights. No, like, I was at super flyweight because no one would fight me. Came down to win my world title at flyweight. Like, and I would go up super flyweight. If I got offered what he got offered, light flyweight to super flyweight, I would have took the same. That's why I was such a big fan of his when he did it. You can go back and it was it, it, I tweeted it, it's documented. I was a like a big supporter of him taking the fight. And then when he won the fight, I was probably one of the first people out there talking about it because yeah, that's yeah. what should be commended. That's good to but hear. that's before that's, good to hear. that's before he started talking about coming back down or like anything, you know? Jesse, yours is quite a story. How did you get involved in boxing? Um, just because my my bigger brother, my older brother, he was always into it, but my mom, you know, he never let him and then one day she finally decided to let him go to the gym and but at that time, I wasn't playing any sports or anything. I was fresh out of football, so I was just bored. And I tagged along to him. I tagged along with him to the gym for like two weeks or so. And then I was like, you know, I want to try it myself. Ever since then, I just stuck with it. And this is what came out of it. Did you always find it natural? Yeah. You, you, natural ability? Yeah, I feel like this was my gift when I was born. And it was just a matter of time until I found it. Found it, and now here I am. Yeah, there's a lot at stake. When you think of it, Simon, they're both pitched up here and they're going to go head to head. You're both very brave about what you're going to do. But to hold on to that, oh, Sonny, is everything to you. You've spoken to me about that before. You want to go through your entire career undefeated. So do you, Jesse. The pressure's enormous going into this. You cannot for a moment think of him beating you or you think of him beating you. You can't allow it, can you? No, we don't, but I'll be real. The O's only worth what the wins are on your record. If I, I could get 100 six-round, eight-round knockout jobs in like easy fights and then I've got 100 no record, retire. But if I'm not beating someone like Bam or Mavriti in my past, I'd rather like champions that mean something. Like That O means nothing if you're not risking it. So what's the point of having it if you ain't going to gamble with it? And, you know, there's there's big rewards with that risk. You know what I mean? We're both getting paid handsomely. We're both here, you know, enjoying life. Right now, I just had a little holiday in Florida. Like, life's good. And... 
you know, happy fight is a dangerous fight. And I feel like, you know, this is the best year of my life and I'm looking forward to ending it, you know, in, in, in a really big, big, big way. A happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. I like that. You're the same, Jesse? Yep, yep. I agree. So what are we going to see? You'll see my hand raised December 16th. That belt's coming home with me. The belt in front of you. <laughs> He's confident. What do you think, Sonny? How do you go into it? What can you promise us in the night? Do you know what it is? When I take a fight, when I agree a fight, when we negotiate a fight, when I'm walking to the ring, when I'm in the change room, the first round, twelfth round, there's never a moment where I think I'm not going to win. I've not had that experience in boxing yet. I've not had a single ring in boxing in my whole 17, 18 years of doing it where I don't feel like the man in that ring. I might have lost a few fights at amateurs. Flip of the coin types, nothing. Gave me a couple more rounds. I was way on top. Do you know what I mean? As a pro, 36 minutes to fight me, I just, I, it's, it's not enough time, but too much time at the same time. Mm. And you, you, know how, you know how you're going to get at him? Oh, I'm going to let him come at me. Let him come at me. And, I, and I'll confidently say that he knows that. You know what I mean? You just have to look at any of my fights to know that. Like, what do you think I'm going to do? Turn up twenty my 21st fight against the best fighter I've made before and start changing up? No, 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 no. Like, I might double down on it, in fact. I might make it one of the most frustrating and antagonizing <laughs> single jab hands down make you miss a shot look at the crowd like, it might have to become more of a pantomime especially after those scorecards on sandy ryan mccaskill from the weekend like that blew my mind like taking a fight i never even thought about oh judging or anything anything like that but watching that fight ringside scoring it probably eight rounds clear to two maybe and that's if you're being nice to jessica mccaskill them giving it 97 free and 95 95 what Okay. Wow. So you know, what I mean, it's I've got to be Listen, double. Jesse, smart, I, I wonder when you get to the weigh-in stage, you're not going to get word in edgeways, are you? No. He can talk this fella. He can <laughs> fight as well. Yeah. And we, and we know, yeah. but obviously you can too. We thank you so much. You're glad to be here, although you just landed. But yeah. Um, glad to be here in the UK. Yep. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate y'all's time. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review, whatever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.